Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Please play this song on the radio. Please play this song on the radio. We are back. Let's dive into this. I'm going to read the blurb that starts off this 100 Greatest Songs of the Century so far. We polled artists, critics, and industry insiders to create a list of the era's truly essential moments by 15 fucking people who still work at Rolling Stone and collect a paycheck, um, which is more than I can say about a lot of publications. The 2000s has produced a shocking amount of incredible music, and since changes in technology have made it all pretty much free, we've been able to hear more of it than ever before. We've been lucky enough to see some larger-than-life superstars roll through. They sound like Vince McMahon. From Beyonce to Drake to Jack White to Adele, and we've seen greats from the previous century, like Beck, Outkast, and U2. It's been 18 years teaming with great indie rock guitar bangers, overwrought dance anthems, heart-on-sleeve punk rock and emo, genre-mutating R&B, and sonically adventurous, politically radical hip-hop. Kanye West has also been somewhat productive through this time period. Insert laugh track here. To compile our list of the 100 greatest songs of the century so far, we reached out to a large group of artists, producers, critics, and industry experts. And there's actually a link to how they made this list, which I'm going to open up in a new tab, who sent us ranked lists of their favorite songs. We tabulated the votes. Our own editorial list might look a little different, but the result is an excellent reflection of an incredible period in music history. You can also read the list in the July... They're not paying us. Fuck them. Um... Oh, because they relaunched the magazine with a new look. That might be why they're doing this again seven years later. Number 100, Gasolina. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 99, International Players Anthem. You know, I'm okay with that. I still remember the entire first verse of that track Fair. and laugh at it every time. So. Yeah. Uh, Archie, Marry Me by Always. Uh, you know, there's some of that token indieism. I'm shocked it's that band. Yeah, uh, you know what? I've been listening to them a little bit lately. Uh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, replace that with maybe something off the new St. Vincent album for me. Um, okay. Maybe um, maybe New York off the new album, I think, can can crack the top 100 if they really need to do some indie wank. Um, oh, right after that, 1901 by Phoenix. Also some indie wank by them. But um, that album was very, very good. But nothing else that they did really came anywhere close to that. They're a band that just kind of blends into my memory with, like, a million other bands. Yeah. Uh, 96, Tighten Up by the Black Keys. The Black Keys are a band that a lot of people like, but I just never never clicked for me. They really feel like a car commercial band to me. Yeah, that I get. I think, I'm, I guess I'm surprised they're on here, but I shouldn't be. Yeah. They're a very Rolling Stone band. Because I bet a lot of weed dads like them. Like, that's the one band that a lot of the weed dads who still subscribe to Rolling Stone, like, oh, yeah, the one modern, modern band I like. It's, yeah, the Black Keys. I feel it. I get I get what they're doing. I dig it. Yeah, I guess. 95, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Kylie Minogue. Um, too high? Too low? Should it be on the list? I I think maybe... I'm happy it's here at all. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I think the fact that it's here means that if they do this again, it'll drop off, which... Um... I don't know. I feel like this this should be like locked in to somewhere around the 70s or 80s period. I don't think there's a lot of better pop songs no. that we've seen than this top to bottom production. But it's not about it's, But that's not what it's about. It's I know. about it's it's not about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um 94 Jesus Walks by Kanye. This is I'm imagining the first of many Kanye appearances. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's got to be the first of 15. Yeah. Oh, ooh, 93. I'm not okay by My Chemical Romance. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I get not, why it's there, but no. Yeah, not... Oh, well, you know what? Let's. I'm going to read this... Uh, I'm going to read this blurb. The song that sold a thousand jars of manic panic hair dye. My Chemical Romance's signature anthem spawned a new generation of emo kids. A call to arms for horror punks with a soft spot for musical theater. The song marked a turn away from the genre's girl bashing antics and brought big time vulnerability to the pop charts. Mmm, asterisk. The video flirts with queerness too. Does it? Um, before the band goes up against a squad of macho lacrosse jocks, guitarist Frank Ayuro sneaks slam goth singer Gerard Way a fleeting smooch. None of that told me anything about the song. Just about. It didn't even really contextualize the song. It just sort of contextualizes My Chem's fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, um, I'm not. A, I've talked a lot about what I think My Chemical Romance is, and which is a a poor imitation of an extremely better band. Um, but especially it, with what they followed this album up with, the Black Parade, which is just an abortion. Um, this album is has some interesting musical ideas. And some interesting songwriting, uh, especially compared to their peers at this time, which is like Fallout Boy. This is the worst song on an OK album, uh, but it was the single. Honestly, if I was them, I'd probably put in Helena here if they had to pick a single. But they seem to have been making a political stance based on you know that blurb, and that's we predicted that too. So uh, here that is for some reason. Ninety two, stoned and starving by Parquet Courts. Um, Highest chart position. Did not chart. I'm guessing... I don't know this band at all, and I'm guessing this is more of their token... I've never heard of this in my entire life. Yep. What's up, fellow youths? Um, This is probably just some indie that I missed. Um, Sure. At least it's only in the 90s. 91, Despacito. There's your Justin Bieber. Um, This song won't be there the next time around. This is because it's last summer's biggest hit or whatever. I don't know. It's It's so near Gasolina, too. Yeah, true. Um, 90, One Thing by Amory. Yeah. Hey! Yeah, we, we, we just talked some sugar about this song. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I dig it. Nico, you want to take the next 10? I don't have the list open because I don't want to be spoiled. Oh, okay. I got it then. Um, 89, <laughs> Hate to Say I Told You So, The Hives. Ugh, sure, I hate to hear whatever. that that's here. That was, such a, yeah. that was such a fleeting moment in music. Yeah. No, not that. That can that can go. You know, just replace it with um, "No Iron Threesome" or "Slow Hands" by Interpol. Just a better version of what these guys were doing, but they didn't have a hit single. So yeah, pass. Ooh, okay, eighty-eight. Vampire Weekend, as expected, but Hannah Hunt, a song that I don't think was a single. Um, huh. Interesting, and so. I, I do think Vampire Weekend is, like, the perfect band to parody, like, hipsterism. Um, but I, I think they're actually really good. And this is an interesting pick. This this surprises me from Rolling Stone. Because um, it wasn't a single. It is a slow, dark song off of their third album. Uh, when they could have just picked A-Punk or Oxford Comma. Or Cousins. Or, you know, one of one of those songs. Um, so this is interesting. Like, good kudos, Rolling Stone. Whoever the one guy that you got to, the one guy you let pick uh, one of his songs. Uh, interesting. I'm surprised that this is there. Um, I, I'm, I'm being given some hope for this list, and maybe you are too. Eighty-seven. We belong together by Mariah Carey. 
I told you there'd be Mimi. I told you there'd be Mimi. Mm-hmm. I said there will be emancipation of Mimi. And to hear that it's We Belong Together is um That's shocking because that is the song from Emancipation of Mimi. So right. that is, in my opinion, going to be her highest charting appearance in this list. They call it a piano ballad, but that's not really how I remember this song. It's not really a Adele-esque piano ballad or anything like that, is it? Like, this is pretty straight-up a pop song through and through. That's piano-driven. Yeah, that's that seems like a misrepresentation sure. of it. But hey, it's here, and I think it's a good one to be here. Ooh, well, any goodwill that they that they any goodwill garnered from those two selections is gone with "I love it." Ew. Ew, I wish that song would drive right off a bridge. Oh, wait, frankly. like, oh, oh my god, that song? Like like, like the one that in another episode I said gets stuck in my head because I hear it at the fucking supermarket? Yep. Next. Woof. Um, ooh, okay, well, um, this might, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I predicted politics, but I never would have predicted this would be on there. My shot off of Hamilton at 85. Yo, that's killer. That's fucking awesome. I love that. Um, Hamilton is one of the most significant pieces of music work, not musical, but music work in the last, uh, I can't tell you how many decades. You know, it it might not be something we necessarily think of um, as, as translating synonymously to pop culture, but uh, Hamilton really is the the rare thing that pierces the cultural vernacular. Don't get me wrong, like I no. Let me I don't think a, a musical has done what Hamilton's done since Wicked or Rent. Um just culturally, that's absolutely. Yeah. If you're kind of a theater guy, you know, there's always a show, there's Dear Evan Hansen or you know, there's there's the producers and all of these are great things and I love that there's so many motherfucking shows but let's not let's not get confused Hamilton is a, is a very special existence and we are lucky to have it and Lin-Manuel we love you um I really you know much like I hate the phrase it is what it is I also hate the phrase agree to disagree especially because the kind of people that use it just know they're losing a fight but you know agree to disagree is a worthwhile statement for when Two friends will just never see eye to eye on it, and you understand, and it's just not even worth bringing up ever. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of things that Nico and I will just agree, disagree, never bring it up around each other. There's no point. Um, I've turned down tickets to Hamilton because I've listened to the soundtrack, and I think it's embarrassing. Um, I'll never get it. I just, I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that doesn't get Hamilton. But, you know, hey. Um, I was the guy who didn't get Hamilton for a long time, um, uh, and it's still not like my show. My show is Rent. You know, everybody's got that their show show. My show is Rent. Yeah, um, but uh, like I, I, I very passionately love Hamilton at this point. I'm seeing it for the second time soon. Um, I, I think it's great. Uh, I think what it accomplishes is is culturally significant, and that's what I love about it. I love what Hamilton contributes to the societal landscape of our world. I really liked Lin-Manuel Miranda's episode of Drunk History on Hamilton. Um, 84, I can't believe we both forgot about this band, because this will not be the first or only time that we see them. Um, One More Time by Daft Punk. Oh, yeah. I think they have a space on here. Sure. Yeah. But you know what? We named a bunch of people that they work with. Yes, true. That is absolutely correct. Um, Lost Cause by Beck. Sorry, no. 
No. No. I know Beck like won a bunch of Grammys for one of his more recent albums, but um, Beck never clicked with me. Okay. No, 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 no. Hold up. No, 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 no. And I appreciate you trying to be gentle about it, but let's actually contextualize that motherfucking shit for like two seconds because what Beck won album of the year for was a sheet music book. Was that the same album? released as his album. I didn't realize that was the same album. Oh, fuck. Get the fuck out of my face. (sighs) This is not that album, though. This is something from 2002, apparently. I believe you. Yeah. Um... New slang by the Shins. There's some token Indianism I missed. Um, not the best. Not the best Shins song, and not the best Shins album even. Um, their next album, I think their next album is the one with Australia on it. Um, that one is significantly better. Of course, they reference fucking Garden State in this blurb, um, which that scene and that movie. If <laughs> you know, if you haven't reevaluated that shit in a long time, uh, that movie is embarrassing. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. 81 B-A-N-A-N-A-S Holla Batgirl, Gwen Stefani Significantly lower than I ever would have imagined Uh, yeah Um I would have thought this would have been in like the top 15 Really? Okay, well, let's, let's, here, let's, let's blurb this one It did chart at number one from 2004 Um, and it has to name the record label Because they have to get their kickback somehow Um Stefani had written an entire album's worth of material for her solo debut, but she felt like she was still missing something. Quote, I knew I didn't have my attitude song, my this is my history, fuck you because you can't erase it song, she said. But during a session with Pharrell Williams, the two artists melded a sneering sing-song melody with lyrics that were in part a clapback at Courtney Love for referring to Stefani as the cheerleader. With a distorted beat and squirting, squirting synths. Uh, to top it all off, Stefani th- taught the whole world how to spell bananas. Hear it once and you can't erase it. Sure. Um, <laughs> that blurb is questionable at times. Uh, interesting that's a clap back at Courtney Love. Did not know that. Uh, yeah, that means there's Holla Batgirl and professional. I was going to say, a little, little um, Nico uh, connected universe there. Uh, Any Up by MOP. Okay. Interesting. Interesting pick, but, you know, I still remember that chorus. Yeah. Drop It Like It's Hot, 79. There's some Pharrell. I'm shocked by how low it is. Yep. You know, see our episode that involves that. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, this is probably the hipsteriest hipster that they'll get on this. 78, Young Folks by Peter, Bjorn, and John. Oh, my God, I'm mad. I mean, the last sentence in this is telling you everything. Um, Gossip Girl featured it. Kanye West sampled it. James Blunt covered it, and bands like Foster the People jacked its airy style. Congratulations. You're to blame. 77, Losing My Edge by LCD Sound System. I'm going to save my coming rant about LCD Sound System for when All My Friends comes up, because I guarantee it does. Or maybe New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. I have a lot to say about why LCD Sound System is the most overrated band of all time. Um, well, of the last 20 years, I guess. Yeah, no. Uh, no. 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 Nope. I'm pretty much with you. Uh, 76, Get Lucky, Daft Punk featuring Pharrell Williams. I think this this has a place on this list. I would have thought it would have been, uh, higher. Same. But... Oh, Happy's probably crazy high for Pharrell. Ooh, you're right. Yeah. Um, is there another Daft Punk song on this? I don't know if there is. Um... 
maybe maybe stronger? I was gonna say maybe the Kanye sample yeah I could see that which is a pretty great song in its own right so agreed agreed so I'm you know I should have made a prediction about this but I didn't um we got some pop country here sort of 75 the house that built me by Miranda Lambert oh I'm shocked it's not that stupid need you now song Oh, God. Fuck yeah. Oh, right. Lumineers is probably uh, on here somewhere. Um, okay, wait. Uh, follow-up question. Oh, yeah. Follow-up question. Will Taylor Swift be on here as a pop artist or a country artist or both? Both. I think Blank Space is guaranteed to be on here. This out. This list is... I, I kind of... You know what? And, like, here's something I, I don't want to say that's, like, too shitty. But, like, part of me really does feel like we're pleasantly surprised by a good portion of these yeah but if i'm not mistaken something i know about this sort of industry and how it all works is like uh, we're gonna pay this much and we want our girl in the top 20 Mm -hmm. we just want to be in number 30 to 40 somewhere in there like um if i'm not mistaken yeah the lower part of the list is less desirable Mm -hmm. so the lower the part of the the lower part of the list is going to be more Less frustrating. So I, I know we're seeing a lot of really, wow, that's indie. But I almost promise you there's going to be like a, a high up Paul McCartney song. It might even be that stupid song he did with Kanye and Rihanna. And you're just going to be like, Ugh, really? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get a real chance to talk about Miranda Lambert again. And as the the one, the, the, the one of us that has like basically any knowledge of pop country that is, you know, uh, puddle versus kitty pool essentially there's not a ton of it between us i'll as much as i've given keith urban some deference where i will not be giving a lot of his peers any um miranda lambert i think embodies a lot of the 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 swagger and the mood and the tone of country in its heyday i think she gets closer to the greatness of a dolly parton or a patsy klein in in Spirit, maybe not so much music, than a lot of the female pop country artists do. Because she, whereas Keith Urban, we said, he stays in his lane because he knows he's not from Nashville and not traditionally country by blood, I guess. Um, Miranda Lambert really sings about the dark side of that. Um, she sings a lot about um, spousal abuse and and things like that. Like, she's she's darker than just like I'm a marry my childhood sweetheart and pump out two kids and vote Republican she she goes a lot darker than that um, her stuff is on a on a slightly different plane than like the need you now kind of trash um, so for her to be on here I think if you have to you know I'm sure they're throwing some red meat again if they have to do that I'm, I'm okay with it being Miranda Lambert honestly and I'm really glad to hear that there's uh, positive forms of strong inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I'm not I'm not somebody who is comfortable with the idea. Like, I don't think that all country is trash. It's it's the things I don't like about country music are actually conventions of the sound. Right. Like like I don't I I, I do actually find a lot of it to be in a very at least a lot of the country I've experienced is in a very mid-range, boring, or perhaps a little bit yee-haw, which is not my, not my scene. 
But at the same time, I don't expect necessarily that every country fan is going to sit down and give like my favorite Baroque pop album a listen, <laughs> right. or listen to my favorite ambient noise record by BT. Yeah, we're all going to sit down and listen to this binary universe, and everyone's going to just listen to sounds that BT recorded all around his house and then turned into songs, and we're going to have a great time, and we're all going to have that in common. No, it's okay to like things and not like things. So, you know, it is super important that I listen a little bit better when we're talking about country music, because... Um, I used to make the joke, I'm really, I know a lot about everything I talk about because I only talk about things I know a lot about. And that's a funny thing to say when you're like, um, you know, uh, 20 and you're trying Mm. to be, you know, an arrogant jackass, but like that's arrogance and confidence and intelligence is better. And I would like to know more about things I don't know about because interacting with people is important. I'm never going to really want to buckle down and be like, you know, check out how much Merle Haggard I know. Mm-hmm. But I I do think it's important that I take a step back and maybe give a little bit more of a listen to Miranda Lambert because who the hell am I hurting by giving a listen to it? The only thing I'm doing is sounding like the kind of people I don't want to be when I say that I shouldn't listen to it or I don't want to listen to it. Uh, there's no sense in making yourself listen to music that you don't... Like, I'm going to be honest, I've already forgotten half of the things you've said to me. <laughs> I'm not even high. And I've already forgotten half of the list that you've said sure. to me because so much of it is like literally the same sort of like Rolling Stone level drivel yeah. I've expected to kind of like course through me but I'm going to walk away from this thinking okay Miranda Lambert would probably then be the person that I wouldn't turn off if she came on on like an all female station that I put on like you know on my um, so my husband and I when we got married, uh, the wedding before us was the Shimada Shimada wedding. And when we want to refer to our Amazon-based smart home device without triggering it, we call it a Shimada. <laughs> okay. Um, so, like, sometimes I might be like, uh, Shimada, play um, chill woman music. And, you know, if she gave me some Miranda Lambert, maybe I wouldn't be inclined to skip if I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. what is this? You know, and that's important to note. You know, this is... This is still part of the experiment. One yeah. of the things that's interesting is while there haven't been a whole lot of songs that I hadn't interacted with through the Now series, uh, little experiments like this, uh, the the forays into EPs that we've done, have been hugely successful in helping me to open my mind up a little bit more. I actually have wanted to say, if ever you need a month off for something, I would love to tackle some of those Now That's What I Call sub-series, because they're going to force me to listen to some music that I maybe don't know from that time, and maybe there's going to be some cool undiscovered gems. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the now experience is also seeing where we are. Uh, when we started this podcast, when was the first episode of this? How long have we been doing this? I don't know when this episode is dropping, but we're recording this in July. I'm pretty sure August will be two years. Yeah. You know, the terrible I'm, twos are coming. I'm legitimately a completely different man than I was two years ago on, on so many levels. It's Same. unbelievable. And it's forcing me to be a better person like when I look back at these sometimes and that's why I do listen back Jonah uh, Jonah and my husband uh, were home and waiting for, for me when I got home from work one day and I had my podcast playing and uh, Jonah was like are you listening to your own podcast and I was like yeah <laughs> I need to listen back and learn from it I need to hear how I do and don't want to present myself and that's really important so like um I'm still learning through this podcast. It's not just about looking back at old stuff. It's also a lot about understanding new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want to actually, I'm going to read some of this blurb because I think probably a lot of our listeners don't, have never heard the song before. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to read this. Lambert established a reputation as a Texas pistol 
on her early singles singing about torching shit, toting guns, and seeking revenge on her ex. But she scored her first country number one with this ballad about visiting your childhood home in search of meaning and healing. When she was a child, her family was literally homeless after her parents' business went south. Eventually, the Lamberts built up a rundown property into a new family home. So it's easy to see why the song's lyrics about making your dream home a reality would have struck a chord with Lambert. Um, so yeah, she's not just singing about the kind of cliche shit that we've talked about before, the posturing of pop country. And I do think she um, she's better, like I said, better than a lot of her peers. But if you are interested in um, a female country artist, but maybe just that pop country genre has soured you a little too much... And you're you're not sure if you want to jump into Miranda Lambert. Uh, this is both for you, Nico, and and the listeners. You mentioned Nico Case previously, who I love, and I love her alt country sound so much. And her new album is awesome. Um, if you want to bridge that gap between Nico Case and Miranda Lambert and get kind of a a, a safer middle ground before you dabble into either side of that, um, I would highly recommend Lucinda Williams. Um, she is an awesome kind of uh, real deep deep country sound, but with out any of that just like we're a pop song but we're adding a fiddle squiddly diddly diddly do number one record um so lucinda williams uh and, <laughs> and squiddly diddly diddly herself, diddly but, do. yeah but uh high recommends to lucinda williams if you want to dabble into country and want to stick a toe in the deep end first uh that's good to know and also anytime we can uh, pimp out nico case that's that's the case <laughs> oh yeah 74 letter from an occupant by the new pornographers forgot about these guys um yeah. yeah, they had their moments, kind of like Arcade Fire did. They were around in the early 2000s, and this is this is not... No, no, or like, um, no, oh, God, no, why can't I think of no his name? No one remembers these guys. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Um, oh, this is so embarrassing, because uh, I want to say his name is Astro Glide, and I know that's not it. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, this is hurting. Uh, Okay, well, we'll, uh, well, while we're there, no, while we're there, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Why did I say Astro Glide? Hold on, no, I'm gonna figure this out. Give me a minute. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave. Okay, me. 73, House of Jealous Lovers by The Rapture. Never heard of these fucking guys, but apparently it was produced by LCD Sound Systems, James Murphy. So, <laughs> okay, 72. We're taking a hard left in, in genre here. Uh, Bad and Bougie, Migos featuring Lil Uzi Vert. Um, I don't think this will be here if they do this seven years from now again, but I don't hate this inclusion. Um, this or Gucci Gang probably needs to be there right now. But, yeah, I would. Um, yeah, Aqualung. It'll. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, Aqualung is a is an artist, or are we still talking about the song by Jethro Tull? No, Aqua Aqualung was like an indie darling artist, and that's what I was oh. confusing with uh, Astroglide. I was confusing <laughs> Aqualung with Astroglide. Just keep going. I rub a little. I rub Sitting a little bit of Aqualung on my condom before fucking. <laughs> um, oh, hey, seventy-one. Call me maybe, Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, that's so low. I'm I'm shocked, honestly, that this is here at all. I'm not. I would have thought it would have been top um, twenty-five. Well, we're not going to have another song by her. If this is here, we're not getting "Run Away with Me." Like it's no, not happening. Not um, this is a great example of an artist who they gave up on. Um, I don't think Rolling Stone was the kind of magazine that was saying, "Yo, fucking assholes, emotion is great." 
uh, pay attention. I don't think that was them. I think they kind of probably hand waved that and have have accepted that and just you know don't worry about it. Um, uh, so, uh, well, you know what? Speaking of things I was wrong about, number seventy, American Idiot by Green Day. Not even the, the probably the worst song on that album. And, and we've talked about that album and how on, on on something we just recorded, we said, "Wow, there's nothing from American Idiot shows up on a now." Uh, American Idiot is not a good album. It is aged extremely poorly, but it is extremely 2005. Um, so to ignore it is incorrect. I, I, we might need to do a very mini episode on that album in general, um, just in its context of its time, because I think it's really interesting and unique. Um, and there's a handful musically of good ideas in there. Um, American Idiot is not that though. American Idiot is a three minute Green Day song that is shit yeah Six, 69 nice and if we're gonna fuck to a song uh, this is a good number for it Thinking About You by Frank Ocean we forgot about him I think yeah. he's someone who deserves a place on this and this is a good song for it yeah you know I actually really like Frank Ocean uh, uh, I think his sophomore work uh, the album and the EP were a really complicated interwoven series of ideas um, I think Frank Ocean is an artist I root for more than I love the output from um same. I'm, I'm eager to see when he finally gets what I think is to that that pinnacle place that we've talked about. You know that that artist is going to release that record, and I'm just I'm I'm waiting for him to have that record. You know, it's we're in a weird holding pattern with a lot of artists. Like, it's, I'm going to say something that everyone's going to be like, "You're an idiot," but I don't think Lady Gaga ever had that record. I think the Fame Monster was her building towards something bigger. And I don't think Born This Way was it. I think Born This Way is half really good, half filler. And yeah. um, I think Art Pop was Art Pop was her not knowing what to do because I feel like Applause is a huge step back toward the first record while still trying to go forward. And I think it fell into that category of sometimes she just sounds like Christina Aguilera screaming. And mm, yeah, I don't think there was a really standout track on our pop. I think every song was like really good a, a, between a five and a six, and it's like it's an it's okay, but oof. And then you, you know, know Joanne not... is a concept, and so I think yeah, I think there's a lot of artists who have yet to deliver on their promise of the great record. So, so the interesting thing about Joanne, and I, I don't know if we're ever going to really get a chance to talk about it, and I, the fact that we're at sixty eight already and Gaga hasn't shown up is interesting to me um joanne feels like a stephanie germanata album and not a lady gaga album if that makes sense it does it it's it's almost as if she came out from behind the image yeah. and like lady and I think gaga that's why was already an image and joanne is a second image yeah um 68 um this is gonna be a little confusing uh the artist is eric church the song is called springsteen um the, the blurb for this one is North Carolina tough guy Church gets weepy over his memories of Born to Run and fading high school romance. Um, I can tell you that this song is just trash. Pop country. It's not good. Pass. 67. What You Know by T.I. I don't know the song off the wow. top of my head. I forgot about T.I. Wow. Same. Wow. And I can't quite think of how this song goes. I can, but I'm not willing to sing it out of embarrassment. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 60... Okay. Wow. Uh, this... Hmm. Okay. Uh, we got some Nicki Minaj here. But it's Bees in the Trap. 
didn't really expect that to be the Nicki Minaj choice here. Um, I would have expected Roman's Revenge over Bees in the Trap. That's fucking... That's some crappy-ass catch-all. I would have expected Super Bass. Super Bass, Stupid Ho, Starships. Yep. Um, uh, Turn Me On. Um... Literally I, I anything can't but this. Stop naming other songs off of um, Pink Friday that were better. I almost can't stop naming more impressive singles. Like anything, I would have fucking taken Anaconda. Ooh, I would. Moving I, on. I, I think this is an interesting choice, but I think it's a purposeful choice. I think they probably had something like Super Bass here, and they were like, "Well, you know what? What if we just like you know made it this one to seem a little more in touch." Uh, like, you know, it's not just another single. 65, We Found Love, Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris. All right, Calvin Harris belongs on here considering the contributions he's made to music. I'm into that. Uh, okay, interesting. Ah, 64, DNA, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I expected some Kendrick. Yeah, um, this to me, I think, was the standout off of Damn, which we uh, we thought was a little bit of a step back, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with this here. I expect to see, again, I expect to see something off of To Pimp a Butterfly higher because of, uh, you know, that political grandstanding that I was referring to before. Um, but I do think Kendrick deserves two or three slots on this list. So I'm okay with this. I, th- I think time will really tell how Kendrick, um, wh- where he really falls in this grand scheme. Um it's tough to evaluate Kendrick right now because he's outputting so much so quickly and it's all um, it's all so different than the landscape around it. So I think we need some time to reevaluate Kendrick and see where he stands. But right now, he is at the top of his game, so obviously he deserves a place on here. Yeah. 63. We're going to die, die in a uh, Sugar, we're going down by Fallout Boy. Just Wooly talked about this on... Yeah, I yeah. think I'm. You know, it's it's what it is. Fallout Boy are who they are. They're a band that we like more than we like their music. Uh, they're a band whose music we like more than we ever really liked it. Um, you know, it's it's that magical re-engineering that everybody was into the punk band that survived longer. Everybody loved What's My Age Again and um, uh, all the small things. Ten years later even if they all didn't, but they have such clear memories of it that they must have right. loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel in a lot of ways like that's what we're talking about here. I mean, I think this is... I don't know what else is on that album with Sugar We're Going Down. Um, I think Dance, Fallout Dance. Boy has... Okay, um, yeah, I don't like... Is Thanks is thanks for the Murmurs on that one? Or is that the next album? That's the next one, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't really love any of Fallout Boy after that. I think they have a I think they have two genuinely good tracks off of that uh, that first album that they did with Fueled by Ramen. This song and Fall Out Boy in general doesn't do anything for me. I think 63 is is maybe maybe a fine this. placement. I think it's I think it's about 32 high. Um, oh wow! I yeah. think they're too responsible for an entire movement. I think they're I think they're I think they were the heart of the switch to dance rock band pop 
I think they were the band that transitioned boy bands from just singers who danced to sensitive guys in stupid hats. And I think, if nothing else, the, what this song represented in terms of a change in musical landscape is is pretty significant. The way Avril Lavigne represented women going from uh, being pop princess dolls to being whatever kind of girl they want to be. Uh, I think this was the boy equivalent. And of course, the boy equivalent is whinier and sillier and dresses like a lumberjack, and it's ridiculous. But um, what Fallout Boy did for music and did to change how, because I've actually thought about something for about 24 hours, not to give away how quickly we record some of these. You said that you feel that mis- that Fallout Boy's music goes into that misogynistic place. I do. That'll, that I, I, you know. I've actually like I I'm like really looking for it and like I can't find it. Okay. I can't find where because th- Patrick Stump's whole thing is actually about internalizing how he is deficient. His well, his songwriting persona is about um, self weakness and. I actually think they don't go into that other place. They're super masturbatory and they think they're the greatest things in the world. Right. But they don't they don't seem to need to take other people down to do it. And yeah, that's I, where I think it's a little different. I do agree. I so I the two words I use to misogynistic and narcissistic. And I think one of those two, I think they they get the narcissism I don't think they're quite as misogynist as some of their peers. Um, you know, you're, you're especially the ones that influence them, like uh, later, brand new, and, and taking back Sunday. Um, they don't and wish even, that even the girls panic at the disco. Yes, they don't wish that the girls were dead, um, but they are far and away the most narcissistic. Oh, absolutely! You know, Panic at the Disco are never, in my opinion, outright. Um, they're never outright uh, misogynistic, but they're very. I want to be the thing that's bad for you that gets you off. And um, at the same time, uh, you know, um, Fall Out Boy are like, if we lay in bed together, we're going to get off on being in bed together because you're in bed with Fall Out Boy. And Patrick Stump is the opposite of that. And it's that the it's Fall Out Boy is that projection. It's, mm. it's almost like a, a suit he wears. It's a character he performs as. And uh, I'm by no means like I'm not trying to say that he's exactly the barbs, but um, it's it's a really interesting thing because I think Fallout Boy have a secret language almost that they communicate their ideas in, and it's this really weird big idea. It's this big notion of kind of sloppy stream of consciousness and. It never really progressed past 16-year-old um, Red Bull semen-merged stream of consciousness. Yes, every one of their lyrics and, sounds like it was written on an Adderall bender. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, the titles really reflect the, that. Yeah, and it's like, I get it, I get it, and that's that's their thing. It's, it's a performance thing, but like, um, I think narcissistic is their sin. I think that's where they enter the, the 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 thing with with Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco revels in the darkness of of love, but Fallout Boy revel in 
the positivity of being Fallout Boy. The guys in Fallout Boy think they're awesome when they're in Fallout Boy. If like, you like see Pete, like it's actually the cutest thing. Pete Wentz was on Match Game, and somebody won, and you know uh, they were about to do like a reveal. Pete Wentz got so excited that the person won because he could see that they won that before they were allowed to do the reveal, he got up and shouted, yay, you won. <laughs> and like he's he's such a dork and that's like who he is and everything he does. And Patrick Stump is this like super socially anxious guy who actually has like trouble talking in interviews at times. Um, and some of his pronunciations are because he was like scared to sing his lyrics. And um, he... I don't know. There's something about Fallout Boy that, like, I literally know that I was the first person to take them down when we started talking about them in Sugar We're Going Down. And I, I was immediately like, you know, it bothers me that they said they came back to save rock and roll. Because when we contextualize the amount of time that they could have been around to come back and that they needed to come back to save rock and roll because in the four years they didn't release an album that, that everything felt to shit, who the fuck do you think you are? But, like, at the same time, I, I think they are the most harmless iteration of the toxic trope they represent. That's what I think about them. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of that misogynist, the, the, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I think they are largely darces. I think it, it does peek through here and there just because of their influences. I think thanks for the memories has a little, little bit of that. Um, but yeah, I do think they're harmless dolts by and large. I think they're just a bunch of dum-dums who make some music. Um, they are the, the, the harmless puppies of, of that genre. I do think it's interesting that maybe their most successful song isn't even by them. Um, that Shut Up and Dance song sounds like, it sounds exactly like it should be a Fall Out Boy song, but just, it, it just isn't. And it's probably, uh, probably bigger than any Fall Out Boy song on its own, like charting wise. Um, like they, they've left their mark on music. It's just like a very forgettable mark. I don't know. I think that this song was this song and dance dance were very much everywhere. I think "Shut Up and Dance with Me," um, "Shut Up and Dance with Me" sounds like the '80s song that inspired everything Fall Out Boy ever did, but it came ten years later, mm. which is bizarre. Um, I don't know. I think I definitely hear what you mean. I also think that "Dance Dance" sounds like an early Maroon Five song. Okay. I think it's so. I think in a lot of ways, "Shut Up and Dance" sounds like an upbeat version of Maroon Five. Like I think there's this. There was this sudden shift, and it's all sort of right in this area of music um, when this came out, that what men are to music is about to change dramatically. And I think the only reason I really want to push this song a little higher, the reason I want to put this song top 40, um, is because I think they were humongously influential in the transitional role of men in pop music in this era and this was the song that was their launch point into that change of into that change of paradigm that they initiate okay I mean I'm not there but I think it's valid let's keep rolling <laughs> alright uh, 62 Teenage Dream by Katy Perry great I love this song it's probably her best song yeah. great uh, it's, it's a good one also interesting to note that um, the album that this was off of had five number one hits, and no one had done that since Michael Jackson. Uh, granted, the the bar for being a number one single is, you know, ankle high. Dropping precipitously. Yeah. Uh, but still, I guess worth noting, and uh, in direct comparison to, like, California Girls, yeah, sure, this is better than that. Uh, and certainly not a bad song in any way. Um, better than anything off of that first album as well. 61, 
Okay, you're going to have to take this one because I don't know this song. Hung Up by Madonna. No, this is this is horrible. <laughs> this is this is the fucking dumbest shit I've ever heard. What the fuck is wrong with you, Rolling Stone? Hold okay. on. No, this is the one that Sabbles Abba. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. This is from the album that was literally like she released an album. Um, the album after music, uh, American Life, is a really hard to talk about record. She raps on it. I'm drinking a soy latte. I get a double shotte. It goes all through my body, and you know I'm satisfied. I- I've done the rap before yeah. for you guys. It was literally like we had. We've talked a few times about how Maj- how Madonna almost kept jumping the shark, but like. American Life was the point at which she said, I am the shark. I am jumping the shark. I am the <laughs> ocean that the shark is in. Look at me in the air. I am also the air. And, like, she just wanted us to know how round the bend she'd gone. And I'm not saying over the hill. I'm saying round the bend. The mistake Madonna made is Madonna began to think that Madonna couldn't yes. make any mistakes. That's a humongous mistake. The only time she even came close to really reclaiming who she was was when she did... um four minutes with Justin Timberlake and um, Timbaland. That song was pretty great, but the thing that really hurt it was every other track on the album mm. was really bad, uh, in popular opinion. And um, Timbaland said some really severe things about working with Madonna. He basically put her on blast. He said that she was the most unprofessional musician he has ever worked with in his life. Wow. She was literally off... He said that she was literally off key multiple times and was like, I'm sorry, you got to re-record that. I'm not auto-tuning that. Just re-record it. And she like literally collapsed on the floor crying that no one had ever pushed her this hard or something and that like he had never worked with anybody who was less deserving of a positive repu- rep- uh, reputation that she just didn't even try. She literally didn't try. Wow. And okay. um, I, I really found that shocking. Uh, and then after that, she tried with um, MIA and Nicki Minaj with LUV yes. Madonna. And I thought that was another good try. But once again, I, this is just – this is making sure that the Beatles are always in the top bands of all time by making sure that if Paul McCartney does a song, it makes it on the list. This is – Madonna is the new Paul yeah. McCartney. It's well, just – this is shades of embarrassing. The, so I just listened to the song. Um, well, I listened to chunks of it. Um, I don't think it's that bad, but – on this list, that's, that's ludicrous. Um, and I think it's very telling from that Rolling Stone perspective, the last sentence of this blurb. But if the music recalled the past, the song itself was no holiday. Madonna's lyrics took on middle age with Dylan-esque honesty. And actually, I don't think that there's any difference in the lyrics here and the lyrics in honesty. Every little thing that you say or do, I'm hung up on you. Um, I'm fed up. I'm tired of waiting on you. Uh, if we took a holiday, took some time to sail away, one day out of life, it would be so nice. I actually think it's the exact same level of complete honesty and simplicity. I, I, I don't think she was going for any – you know, she says you keep pushing my love over the borderline. She's not like mm. you keep on nudging my love to the precipice of affection. She's not saying – this isn't fucking Keats. Like – I just don't think it's Dylan. Her lyrics are Dylan-esque. What the fuck? I'm uh, mad. Move on. I'm mad. Okay. Uh, well, this is kind of what I was saying. I, I didn't expect it to be with Madonna. I expected it to be with white dudes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, the 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 flag, the old flag bearers getting way too much recognition. There's an example of it. Number sixty. Love this inclusion. The Wire by Hyam. Um, oh, love this inclusion. I forgot um, about this. 
I really like this song, and I think it's it's fantastic. I think that album is great. Um, I, I think in in ten years, if they do this again, this song maybe shouldn't be on the list. But as of right now, I think it's fine where it is. Uh, maybe maybe like seventy five, maybe is more correct. But um, I don't hate this at all. What next, yo? Okay, um, so I'm okay with this song being on this list, but I think maybe it should be about ninety eight. Um, I think you're gonna you might have a conniption here. Uh Cardi B Bodak Yellow, fifty-nine. Um I think my problem is and look, I I I I'm not on the Cardi B train. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I honestly don't get it. I don't get it. I she's not talented. I think she can be endearing. I've gotten it a little more as time has gone by. Like, yeah, she's got me a little bit more on her side. She's developing in the public eye, which is positive. Um, but uh, I don't know that... I don't know... It's almost weird, but I kind of feel like a song that's less than a year in the public perception cannot possibly be on a greatest list because yeah. you are naturally influenced by its immediacy. Talk to me when the song is three mm-hmm. years old and tell me if you're still calling it cutting edge. Tell me if you're still saying that this changed the landscape. Tell me if Cardi B has a second record. Um, and, and tell me how that – I'm not even shitting on Cardi B. I am shitting on the idea of a song that is still being – can you believe this bitch memed is way too recent. Right. And it will be interesting to see how any trap-related stuff holds up in five years. Yes, because that's a 50 cent. She could get 50 cented. Uh, you know, Izzy, yeah. uh, IGGY, Iggy Azalea, um, I literally have to do that every time. Uh, uh, Iggy Azalea kind of got phased out because she's an idiot and a racist and has no business opening her stupid fucking yeah. mouth. But either way, she would have been yes. phased out by the fact that the music she was making was a very specific sound. Um, mm-hmm. If you and Fergie are doing the same thing, you're doing the thing a little late. Because Fergie is obviously someone yeah. who's so manufactured and so produced. If Fergie's doing it, it's already late. So if you and Fergie are doing the same thing at the same mm-hmm. time, that's sort of like hard girl white rap going really fast. Like if you're just trying to be like a slightly edgier Kesha, you've missed the mark. So I, I think what you said is interesting with um, a song a year out is going to be – it's tough to evaluate it. I, I find I find that immediacy affects e- even myself with very minor things on a small scale. Um you know, every everyone, uh, all of all of the the premieres of the Cage Club Network who love their movies, um, keep a Letterboxd account, and Letterboxd is kind of social networking for film nerds. And you rate movies on it and review them, and those reviews can be kind of uh, liked and and shared and blah blah blah. Um, and I always make sure I give myself a little bit of time between from when I've seen a movie to when I want to evaluate it, because I noticed that like I'll see a movie and be like four stars and then like a week later i'll be like what the fuck did i rate that four stars for it's like three there's like something about that initial just fucking jolt of uh engaging with and consuming culture that elevates it and you you do need to give stuff some time now i don't mind stuff from right now we call that the bed affleck effect on this list sure and i don't mind some of that stuff being on this list but i don't think any of that should be I, i would be very hesitant and I really question the mindset that goes into putting anything from 2018 or 2017 above say 40 and this being 59 I think is pretty questionable um 
I think you can put this in the similar place where Bad and Bougie was, and I think Bad and Bougie probably should be above this even. 58. Jay-Z and Kanye West, Ninjas in Paris. Eh, not even... Not even... No. Uh, um, I think that album... Um, I think I think the surprise of that album and the the names involved with it, um, it gave it that that boost that I was literally just referring to, and I don't know if it's held up nearly as well. Um, even that Kanye album that he just put out with um, Kid Cudi is just like it's 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 not that good, and I feel like it actually it's it, easy it's to evaluate like, this in the same way. It has me more. It's, it, it's more that it has me annoyed that that means there's like ten more Kanye songs coming. Uh, and yeah, not a lot this, of time This is a pretty left. desperate one. Yeah. Um, here's... Oh, okay. 57, Do You Realize by The Flaming Lips. Um, oh, my I don't think The Flaming goodness. Lips have yeah, been worth referencing since... I, I mean, I like the that album with uh, Yoshimi and the Pink Robots. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't... I don't... And this is off of that, apparently, and I still don't remember the song. Yeah. Um, yeah, 56... Weird Fishes slash Arpeggi Radiohead. Eh, I'm very eh on that. Um, yeah, I mean, Radiohead just has to be on here, but I don't know how significant any contribution Radiohead has made to the, the, the magical musical musicscape that is the reality of, like, the world. I don't know that they've done anything in a really long time. I'm the guy who thinks their best album is in Rainbows, so, I mean, don't talk to me about Radiohead, because I don't agree with you, probably. Um, uh, 55, 212, Azalea Banks featuring Lazy J. I don't think I know the song. Uh, no, I don't think I know it either. All right. Um, 54, okay. Token Indieism that I kind of agree with, and I'm shocked that it's at 54. Portions for Foxes by Rilo Kiley. The song oh. is fantastic, in my opinion. Here's a band I haven't thought of in like a decade. Wow. Yeah. Shocked nice. it's here, um, but I like it. I like it. Um, it is the single off of that album, but it's a really good single. I mean, as it says on here, did not chart uh, because single for an indie band is pretty damn relative. It just means that, like it got a video that or it got like a, a couple unique, of people saw. Yeah, yeah before YouTube release. existed. So um, yeah, fifty three. Um, uh, Elon Musk's wife uh, Grimes with Oblivion uh, okay uh, this is a little high for this I think but I'm okay with this being here I just don't this know that I would put in the top 100 songs of the last 18 years a lot of these are like here's part of my problem a lot of these are like if you're if I guess okay I think the perfect world would be we got 10 brilliant music critics in one room and we got them each to make a list like this and the only rule was there could not be more than 50 songs in common on any two lists. And Interesting. Okay. We had this amazing list of the, you know, five or 600 best songs and we, we treated position as relative and we said, okay, this cluster was consistently in the most top tens. This cluster was then the remaining top ten songs. This cluster was the consistent uh, 11 to 20s. This was the remaining. Like, And if we tried to track it that way, I would have a much easier time uh, tolerating some of this. Because so far, this list has been 
hip-hop so significant that white people can't miss it and obscure right. white things. Mm-hmm. And it's just not a realistic I mean, depiction of what is the music of the last 18 years in any significant way so far. It has been a depiction of some very good songs of the last 18 years, but it has not been the greatest songs of the last 18 years in a definitive way where I believe we can say that there are literally only 55 songs made in the last 18 years better. That, right. That's yeah. such I fucking if- insanity. I wonder if some of this is just like, because in your idea, I feel like there's such a, a broad, there's so much broadness to that and almost abstractness because of just how much music there is. I wonder if some of this is just like, almost you have to, first off, this is just a sign that you shouldn't be making these lists. They're pointless. And us even talking about this is probably giving it too much deference. But I feel like maybe there's some gentleman's agreements that has to be made where it's just like, um, yeah, I think... Uh, like I never is objectively the best song off of that Rilo Kylie album, but you just yeah you pick portions for foxes because it's the one that people know. And if you want that other song to be acknowledged, you just go with the one that people know because there's a better chance of it being picked. Like you don't vote third party. You just bite your tongue and and, and you hold your nose and pick the one that is is relevant. You know, it's kind of that thing. And I wonder how much of that is that. It's like they wanted to pick another song off that album. But they just went well, fuck it. Let's go with the one because it might give you some acknowledgement instead of zero acknowledgement. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it just – it sucks because it, it makes all of it artificial. And I mean this is all oh. artifice. This is all just dressing up – what This is all just dressing up corporate buy-ins. But yeah. it, it's a further sense of artifice that some of these uh, – you know, here's my question. Are you going to really tell me that the most significant songs are the ones that these people have heard of? Are you really going to tell me? Because like when they say that we, we reached out to critics and musicians and producers. Okay, so you're, you're probably telling me that you reached out to Austin, Nashville, New York, Atlanta, uh, L.A., maybe San Francisco, if there's like, you know, anything more than EDM happening out there, Seattle, Portland. I guess you're telling me you reached out to like eight cities because – and I'm, I've already established how little I give a shit about country as a, an entire genre, but it's really hard for me to believe with the statistical evidence that country music is, is, is at least the most physically prevalent music in the country. It's hard to imagine that there is so little country on here and so much obscure yeah. indie on here that there's only hip hop that the more casual music file would know on here but some of the indie rock is so fucking obscure i swear to god more people are intimately familiar with my left shoe than some of these <laughs> songs i wouldn't be shocked if some of these artists had a six line wikipedia and i'm not saying that cuz it sounds like i might even be fighting my own point what i'm kind of trying to say is you can't tell me that the only music that is obscure that is significant are these four gems you found that there's a few notable whoa these are so obscure on here is sort of indicative of a problem with this list because it seems like all the obscurity lies again in indie rock in whiny white man pain and that's unfortunate because it's just not realistic of this soundscape out there 
And I think it'll be, um, I think we're going to start the next episode because we're winding down on this half with who actually voted on this because they they list who they sent these to or maybe who answered. Um, but there's there's a full list of who and how this was made and it is uh, dumb. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's finish this up. 52 Chandelier by Sia. We both predicted yep. this would be on here. And, 100%. You know, I'm, sure. You know what? I'm, I would have loved if it was number 50, but it's fine. I mean, I, it's not Breathe Me, and it's not Clap Your Hands. It, right. I think we both would have preferred, like, Bring Nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't stop naming. I, 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 fuck. It's not uh, Destiny by Zero Seven. Like, it's it's just it's just fucking Chandelier. It's not even Elastic Heart. It's just Chandelier. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, I, I'll get. We'll get into this on the next one. Um, this is a good one to end this on. Uh, Single Ladies by Beyonce. Sure, I think culturally, uh, culturally, I think it has to have a spot on here. It, I actually think it is one of the most ubiquitous songs. But like, yes, is that the same thing? Would have been a. This is a Beyonce catch-all, and I'm shocked it's so low. Yeah. Um, so that's the top fifty. Tune in. Next time for who voted on this shit and the rest of it. I, I know you're all on the edge of your seats, but try not to go spoil yourself on the rest of this list. Uh, check it out with us. Um, Nico, where can people find you? Uh, as always, you guys can find me over on Instagram at Nico Vasillo, N-I-C-O-V-A-S-I-L-O. I, wait, how do you spell it? N-I-C-O-V-A-S-I-L-O. That's my name. Bananas! Um, uh, you can find me making music on facebook.com slash action duo. And of course you can check out, uh, the awesomeness that is my super cool, super comic, uh, kid riot and the riot squad over at KidRiotComics.com. Hey, Chris, where can everybody find you? At Chris podcasts on Twitter, uh, retweeting the dumbest, uh, socialist memes of, of that you could possibly imagine. Um, and also just insulting the worst kind of trash people, over and over again don't follow me on twitter just unless you're a very specific kind of person don't do it but uh get us on itunes and leave a a wonderful review so that more people can see us and we can spread the love of now and again cageclub.me for all things cage keanu fast and furious charlize and so much more including christopher nolan on this season of cinemakers where i am talking all about his filmography and throwing a real wrench into the idea that The Dark Knight is the best superhero film of all time. Um, and please remember to send in that you would like me on as many Threes of Charm episodes as I would like, and I would like the superhero ones. Please you know, remember to send in that letter. I don't even think I got the list about the Threes of Charm stuff, so I'm going to be sending a strongly worded, bullet-pointed email to the, Mr. Manzi right after we record the rest of these. Boop-a-doop, question. Did you read the monthly newsletter? Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Off. Um, <laughs> so that's the the first fifty. We hate it already, but we're pot committed, so we're gonna get drunk and do the rest of it. And uh, join us. We'll catch you on the flip side. But Dad, this is the best part.